Allow me to ask this question. When did insanity become the order of the day? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. This particular edition, this program, it's been on my mind for several days. I had a lot of thoughts of what I was going to do. Even had an interview planned for today that I'm going to move to sometime next week. I just felt the need to talk to you one-on-one about the things that I'm seeing in the news. I'm looking at just like a half a dozen stories I want to just kind of go through and see if we can't come to an understanding of what's happening. There's so many news stories swirling around there and so many things that are concerning us on a day-to-day basis, it's hard to keep track. I don't care what part of the world you live in listening to this program. Something has dramatically changed over the last 20, 25 years. I mean, dramatically changed in the Western world. I know the interview that I had planned for today, recorded this week, we talked about some of those things on a faith basis, the fact that the Western world becomes increasingly secular. It is moving away from Judeo-Christian ethics and beliefs. Church participation in the United States is dropping. It's at an all-time low. Less than half of the population of the United States is involved with any kind of faith-based organization or religion. Only 47% of the American population claim any allegiance to any kind of organized religion. And of that 47%, only a tiny minority, it appears, are true believers in the Christian faith. In other words, the vast majority of the United States no longer are believers. It's even worse in Canada, far worse in the United Kingdom, disastrous in Australia and even New Zealand. And we find our world in such an out-of-balanced time. The news stories, well, it's hard to sometimes even get the accurate news anymore. What used to be the news, what used to be the facts, what used to be the who, what, where, and when in a story has been replaced by a narrative. And if you challenge the narrative, you're immediately considered some kind of a conspiracy theory kook, you know, a keeper of odd knowledge. You're either labeled as misinformation, you're relegated to a lower class of people, you're a dissenter, you're a disorganizer, you're an insurrectionist, you're a white supremacist, you're every name they can come up with to minimize who you really are. And I find it rather disturbing. It's hard today for some reason to come to this microphone and share all the thoughts that are on my mind. There are just so many, there are just so many stories out there. And I think in this whirlwind of stories in a 24-7 news cycle, a lot of important things get missed. Saw a headline the other day talking about how grocery prices are up about 10%. Well, that's bad, 
but it doesn't sound too bad until you break it down a little bit. Last week, my wife and I did some grocery shopping, and I'm looking at some basic, simple things that I was buying, let's say, six months ago, less than a year ago, and what the prices of those items are today. And I can tell you they're far more than 10%. If you're looking at something like ground beef or chicken, those prices have escalated more than 10%. A lot of things have escalated more than 10%. Maybe some non-perishables that have been around for a while in a store, well, their prices really haven't gone up that much, but they will in time because of our shipping problem. You may not be aware of it, but it's real. There is a shipping crisis in the United States and in many parts of the world. The supply chain is being interrupted. The supply chain is in peril. The supply chain is simply not working. And and then you get the government making just insane claims. Oh, we just need to improve our ports. Let's spend infrastructure money to fix the ports. Well, up until not that many months ago, the ports were working just fine. Goods were coming to America, going to other countries. They were being put on shipping boats. They made their their journey. They got unloaded. They got through customs and they found their way to their final destination. Everything was working rather well. Now, one of the problems that I've always seen when you have this supply chain management issue, it doesn't take too many things to interrupt it. Bad weather, some kind of a crisis could cause an interruption. And then some goods and services become in short supply. Generally speaking, in a reasonable amount of time, the market generally does correct itself. But there's something different about this. Telling us we need to improve our ports is ridiculous. It is absolutely insanity on display. And the average reporter for a CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, you know the group, they just repeat what they're told. They don't dig in deeper. What's wrong with the port in Los Angeles or Long Beach? What's changed suddenly in six months that we have to revitalize and rebuild and modernize our ports? None of that's going to fix the problem. The problems we're having in shipping have been created. Let me say that again. The problems we have with shipping have been created, partially by the pandemic, partially because of insane regulations in places like California. You can modernize a port all you want, but if you're telling certain trucks they cannot come into your state because, well, your truck is too old or it's not electric or it's not this, that, or the other. People that are in private business can't afford to simply buy a new truck because a mega millionaire like Gavin Newsom says you got to buy one and doesn't have a legitimate reason why you should. And so there are many goods that are stacking up at the ports. The ports are not the problem. The boats are waiting to unload to ports that are full because nobody can pick them up. 
and move them across the United States because of insane regulations that have been just slipped through and mandates. If your truck is not newer than 2012, you cannot come to California, period. And they want to find truck drivers with older trucks that don't meet certain standards for California, but they meet standards in the other 49 states. And so you have a bottleneck. We don't have a shipping port crisis. We have a government interference crisis. And I think they want it that way. I think there's a reason that they want you to see a problem and hope that government can fix it. And, and here's the irony. Government created the problem, and now they want you to entrust them to fix the problem which they created. <laughs> That's craziness. But this has become the norm in our world today. Up until the beginning of this year, here in the United States, we were an energy exporter. We had completely filled strategic you know, petroleum supplies, and we were able to self-sustain our energy needs. The price of gas, gasoline, even adjusted for inflation, was lower than it was years ago. In other words, we were energy independent. We had a completely full reserve for a disaster, and we were able to even export to other nations energy supplies. That was accomplished in a matter of just a handful of years. And from January 20th until now, there have been regulations and changes made to make the United States energy dependent on other places in the world. We didn't need to do this. But somebody thought it was a good idea to make sure the gasoline prices rose 48% in a matter of months. Now, I don't know where you live at if you're in the United States or Canada. I can only speak for what I'm seeing here. So I'm going to take you back to around the beginning of the year. And gasoline, where we lived, was around $1.98 to two ten a gallon. It just kind of fluctuated depending upon the time of the year. Well, now that same gasoline is $3.10 to $3.29 a gallon. It's, an, it's a whole dollar in, or more. You know, like a 48% increase in just, in just one year. Not even a year. More like about 10 months. Why? Because we canceled oil drilling leases. We shut down a pipeline project to make the United States even more energy independent all for the phony religion of climate change. You're going to pay for climate change, trust me. And the elites, they'll be exempt because they're billionaires, they're mega millionaires. So a few dollars here and a few dollars there is meaningless to them. But for the average American, the average Canadian, the average Australian, the average person in the United Kingdom, the average person anywhere in the world, these increases are substantial and they affect your family's financial bottom line. Now, something else I noticed the other week. As we were doing some driving, we did a lot of driving the week before uh, the end of the month of October because we had a wedding down here in Florida. 
that I was the officiant. And, and I noticed something driving in a part of town I don't normally get to on a regular basis. We call it our motor mile. That's where all the car dealers are at. Most of them are north of our town on US-1. And there's where you find your Toyota dealership, your GM dealership, Chevrolet, Ford, Lincoln, all of them. They're all there, and there's something very noticeable about every dealership. There's a terrible lack of new cars. I mean, there is an extreme lack of new cars. What's happened? Where did all the new cars go? I can remember we first came down to Florida, I guess it was around uh, in July, when I first started noticing at one time I had to bring my car in for service, and I'm looking around going, there's like only two cars in the showroom and just a handful outside, and I I happened to ask, what's the problem? Where where did all the cars go? You guys going out of business? And the guy said, no, there's a... a computer chip shortage, and they can't build the cars. They're all stacking up. They can't get them out of the factory because they don't have the chips. And the chips are made overseas. And between the pandemic and between this and between that, we simply don't have the chips, and the manufacturers can't make the cars, so we have no cars to sell. So the price of used cars has gone through the roof. And, and all these new car dealerships are primarily now used car dealerships paying top dollar to buy anything that they can sell on their lot to keep in business and hoping that their service department will have enough business to keep their financials from going in the red. Now, how do we get to this point? Well, number one, here in the United States, and I'm speaking for the United States, I, I know this program is heard in multiple parts of the world, so but the same, the same principles apply everywhere. Here in the United States, and this all started way back in the 1990s. It didn't happen in the last two months. It didn't happen in the last five or 10 years. This has been gradually occurring all the way back 25 plus years ago, almost 30 years now. More and more here in the United States and in many other parts of the world, We became dependent upon cheap foreign labor in places like Mexico and China. Now, I'm not not going after these nations. I mean, they're, they're competitors. I understand that. But many of the things that we need in this country, and you may need in your country, should be made in your country, especially if they are vital and strategic, like computer chips. See, back in the 1980s, There were companies like Scientific Atlanta and a bunch of others that made computer chips and all kinds of integrated circuit chips right here in the United States to be shipped right here in the United States and anywhere else in the world where they were desired. But over time, all those chip manufacturing plants went overseas to places now that are becoming increasingly unstable like like Taiwan. China's got its eyes, and I've got a really bad feeling that come the spring, China's going to move to take Taiwan. And what's that going to do to the global chip market for the things that we depend upon in the United States? Who's the only place really making chips for certain devices? 
if you have a, a cell phone, a smartphone, I guarantee you it wasn't made in America. They're made in China. China's making chips. China's making phones. China's getting involved with all kinds of technical projects, including getting, look, we have military devices and machines and armaments and systems that are dependent upon the good graces of China for the parts to make them run. Now, that makes no sense to me. That's the insanity I'm talking about. So a place like China, a communist nation, by the way, let me just pause right here. Have you ever noticed that every despot uh, empire always had the goal of ruling the entire world? Adolf Hitler wanted to rule the entire world. Joseph Stalin wanted to rule the entire world. Mao Zedong wanted to rule the entire world. The Roman Empire wanted to rule the entire world. It, 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 it's a never-ending process of ruling the world. Napoleon wanted to rule the world. That's the one thing they have in common. And so a country like China that would love to dominate the world is making all of our stuff, our computers, our cell phones, our television sets, our cameras. Where are they made? It's hard to believe that in the very early 1970s, in Rochester, New York, Kodak. You remember Kodak, the Kodak moments, the Kodak film cameras? Well, Kodak was working on the first digital cameras. They were experimenting with a digital format. I think it was like 1972 or 73. It took time to make it affordable and practical I've watched the development of digital photography over 20 some odd years. And I can remember an expensive camera in 1999. The pictures were just terrible. They were decent, but they were not great. If you wanted a lasting picture, you still use film. But as technology marched forward and processes got better, digital photography is now the standard. Nothing wrong with that. But the problem is who's making the cameras, who's making the chips, who's making all the devices, who's making the screens, who's making anything that has to do with digital photography? Where are those wonderful printers made? Are they made here in America? Are they made in Canada? Are they made in Australia? Of course not. Multinational companies like Hewlett Packard and others their offices are based in the United States. Some of their research is done here in the United States, but their manufacturing is done in countries that would love to dominate the world. And so what, what's going to happen in time? Follow me if you can. What's going to happen in time? What if the Chinese decided tomorrow, no more chips for the United States. We now have taken Taiwan, where many of these vital chips that are going to be needed in American Automobiles are being made because we don't make them anymore. And so finally, someone in the government suggested, maybe we ought to consider making some of those chips here. We should have thought about that 30 years ago before they even went offshore. 
it's one thing if you're talking about, oh, I don't know, inexpensive dishware, have a shortage of that's not going to be a crisis, but things we need and use day to day are going to be problematic. Listen, I, I look at the equipment I have in front of me here as I put together this radio program, and I wish I could have American-made equipment like we used to. Of course, that's back in the days of very large audio mixing boards and and uh, big tape machines. Today, we use computers. Only a handful of the devices that I'm using in front of me were made in America. 90% of the equipment sitting here on my desk where I'm recording this program was made overseas because it's not made here anymore. And it's like nobody's listening, nobody's paying attention. We become extremely vulnerable. It would not take much. We're seeing it now. We're seeing just a little prelude to what can happen. This is just the beginning. This is just the tip of the iceberg, not even the tip of the iceberg, of an international shipping crisis. A while back, and I'll tell the story more later, I had to get an item shipped from South America back to the United States. It's a piece of gear that actually was built in the United States. And we were very fortunate to get it when we did before the shipping crisis got insane. We still had to wait two months longer than anticipated to get the device on its way. Thankfully, it's here, and it's what's occupying a lot of my time. I think in the second part of the program, I'll give a little update on that. But in the crisis, if we had waited, if, the, if we had decided to acquire this used equipment back, let's say we decided in July or August, and by the time it was crated and ready to go, It'll be waiting to get on a boat, and that boat may be waiting to unload. It would not be a priority item. So we're seeing just what a a small interruption of shipping containers. See, when these boats are sitting outside of Long Beach, California, and they're parked for weeks, those containers are needed elsewhere to put other goods in, but they're sitting on a boat full of goods that they can't get offloaded because there are too many containers stacked up in the shipping yard. By a crisis created by some really crazy people like Gavin Newsom, he created a crisis not just for his state, but what he has decided to do impacts you and I and people in most of the United States, or at least the lower 48, that depends on things that are coming from the west to the east. He's the bottleneck. He's the reason we have this problem because of some of his mandates. And now you've got, you've got the criminal, illegal Joe Biden administration. Yes, I'm going to call it criminal and illegal. You can laugh at me all you want, but I still believe he's not the real president of the United States. Two reasons. Number one, he's a figurehead now. He doesn't really make any decisions. They're made for him 
by holdovers from the Clinton administration and the Obama administration that are now in the White House that don't have your best interest or mine at, at heart at all. They're globalists too. They want to be part of the global family. They want to be at some point when there is a global government, they want to be at that table as the leaders, as the dictators, the elite that are worshipped and glorified by people that are, we look at them as our savior because they keep fixing all the crises they create. And so many people fall for it because they don't dig beyond the headlines or they believe a fake headline or a misleading headline. And if you don't believe people uh, will take a misleading headline and believe it, let's go back to August of this year. Let's look at the Food and Drug Administration of the United States, owned by by Pfizer, owned by Moderna, owned by any biotech company out there. It's kind of like the uh, like the wolves guarding the hen house. Makes no sense. So back on August 23rd, what do we get? A big headline. The week before, they were already teasing us on Thursday and Friday before the weekend Big headline coming next week from the FDA. We think it might be that the Pfizer uh, vaccine has been approved. Okay? That has got to be the greatest bait and switch fraud ever done by this government that I can think of. Boldly backed up by the media, they help perpetuate the lie that the Pfizer vaccine is now FDA approved. Well, that, that violates a number of things. Number one, the real trials for the vaccines go till 2027. Did you hear me? 2027, at least another six years. You don't do in a matter of a few months what should have been done in six years. And you don't take your control group, which is what Pfizer did, and vaccinate them to eliminate your control group. Now, there's no way to compare the two groups anymore. They're, they're both vaccinated. All fraud. It's a complete smoke and mirror fraud. Now, in case you missed it, of course, CNN missed it. NBC missed it. CNBC missed it. MSNBC missed it. ABC, CBS missed it. The New York Slimes and the Washington Compost, they missed it too. They just had the headline, Pfizer drug approved. Well, not exactly so. What was actually approved was Pfizer's German plants vaccine, their partner called BioNTech, you know, BioNTech, you know, B-I-O-N on the word tech. Corminity was the trade name of their vaccine made in Germany. And that's what the FDA approved. But they also, in a smoke and mirror game, the press release, and I watched the entire press conference, I downloaded all the backup material that went with it to look at it. And it kept referring to a letter from a few weeks before. But that letter was nowhere to be found. We continue with what's stated in paragraph two, sentence whatever of this letter. Well, you don't know what they said. What they really did on August the 23rd 
was they extended Pfizer's current vaccine status of a emergency use authorized vaccine till December 31st and beyond if needed if as they extend the emergency the vaccine they approve made in Germany is not available in the United States it's not really available anywhere there's an approved vaccine which means if you took it and if you were injured you could sue but with the one you're still getting you can't you have no legal recourse. You sign your life away if you die too bad. If you get sick, you pay for it or your insurance company. You have nowhere else to turn. Then I see somebody posting, made a comment about the vaccines. Well, I just got vaccinated with the approved, the FDA-approved Pfizer. I said, Pfizer's vaccine is not approved. And then he pretty well cursed me out. They approved it back this summer. Didn't you see the news? And I wrote back. I said, it's called comidity. Look at your vaccination card. Is that what it says? It would say it if you got it. But if it just says Pfizer EAU vaccine, (laughs) you didn't get an approved one, my brother. They don't want to believe it. They choose to believe the lie. 2 Thessalonians reminds us they chose to believe the lie to their own damnation and destruction. They preferred the lie over the truth. And this is what the despots of the world are doing today. They created the global shipping shortage. They've created their own energy shortage here in the United States. Hey, listen, it's going to be a cold winter despite what the global warming alarmists keep saying. I'm already seeing it in Florida, cooler than it's been in a number of years for this time of the year. I saw it in Georgia this past summer, cooler than it's been in a number of years. We had a winter cooler than the winters before. If anything, we're coming into a cooler time period, less sunspot activity. And so... Your heating cost in some parts of the United States, especially in the Northeast and the North, across the plains, near the Canadian border where things get really cold, watch your natural gas and heating oil prices explode. Watch your food prices go insane. They want you dependent. They want you to believe they can fix the crisis they created. And they want to control you. We'll have more on the other side. Do you believe in the work that we're doing here at Truth to Ponder? And I ask that for a reason. I do this program, been doing it now for 14 plus months, 14 months, going into our 15th now. And, And I have to wonder, are we accomplishing any good? There are times that I wonder that out loud. I wonder it in my prayer life. And then many of you, out of nowhere, I get that little email, that little note in the, in the physical mail that says, keep on keeping on. But I also have to recognize my own personal limitations. Now, don't, don't go into a panic mode if you like the program. It's not, I don't plan on it going away. I just have to figure a way to get some help in doing it. 
Now, I know that Jim Calhoun has been just a blessing during these weeks where I'm trying to do other things in terms of technical work and you know, even ministry work is suffering a little bit. We're trying to get a project done. And I keep trying to think, what can I do with this platform and this radio program? What can I do to keep it fresh, alive, and useful to you? How can I do that? What kind of stories do you want me to share? Do I need to talk more about the news or more about the hope we can find in Jesus Christ in this lost and falling apart world? Or should, should it be a blend of the two? What would help you in your day-to-day life? What can this program do to illuminate, inform, encourage? How can I do that? If you'll let me know, it would mean a lot. Just an email. And I have a personal email address that nobody else monitors, nobody else looks at. It's all coming to me. It's my personal address. It's a really small outfit. Truth to Ponder and Ancient Word Radio are basically me and my wife. That's it. We have no staff. I have no secretary. I don't even have a producer. I'm the producer. I do the research. I wish I had help on all of those fronts and help the program grow. I'll I'll share some thoughts in in a couple of minutes about that. But the thing we pay for every month right now is radio airtime. And I want to keep everybody, everybody that is, every station we're on, they've been very generous and they've been wonderful to work with and we've been able to meet those bills every month. And this new responsibility, this new project is taking money out of my wife and myself's personal finances because I just believe in what we're trying to do in this very dubious time. I want to make sure that those voices and platforms that are, are still there when other platforms become so controlled. If you believe in what we're trying to do here, would you consider helping us financially? If you, you By the way, you can make a, a donation to this ministry right from the website. Go to the website, truth2ponder.com. You'll see a button that says support. You can do it from there. I'm, I'm researching, by the way, even better options. I haven't made a decision, but we're still looking. But there's one that works for now. And if you, if you want to help us, it, I'd appreciate it. If you would rather send a check, you can make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the Truth to Ponder mailing address during these months that we are traveling and all over is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. I know that's a lot of numbers and I wish I could have come up with a better address, but it's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And that is in the city of Crestview, C-R-E-S-T-V-I-E-W, Crestview, Florida, zip code 32536, that zip code again, 32536. I'll share more of, of the news and, and what we can do together. This, is, this, this program is really faith-based. I'm not just a news show. There's some great news shows out there, but they don't have the foundation of God's Word. I know a few that do. 
and I highly recommend some of my friends. I'm actually trying to help one guy. Many of you know him, Edward Zoll. He's beginning his own ministry, and and his is video-oriented. Mine is strictly radio, and I want you to pray for him as well because he's going to be one of those watchmen on the wall. Look, I'm 67. He's a lot younger than I am. And the day's going to come that I'm going to have to turn this program over if the Lord tarries to somebody else to to begin helping out and gradually take it over. That may happen in a year or two. I don't know. It's up to whatever God has in store. So if you can help us, please do. I would appreciate it more than you will ever know. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The end of magic. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, when we were very young, chances are you believed in magic. Magic slippers, magic wands, magic lanterns, seeds, apples, magic kisses, magic powers, Walt Disney's magic kingdom, and cereal that was magically delicious. But as we get older, we lose our belief in magical things. And that's good in the sense that the magic we were raised on is all illusion and fairy tales. And yet, there's something more to it. You see, Messiah said that in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must become like little children. And you see, one of the qualities of little children is they believe and hope for miracles. But as we get older and live long enough and live through enough broken hopes and dreams and plans, we lose that. It's not about magic. It's about the Lord. But as little children, believing in fairy tales and godmothers and magic kisses is our way of yearning for something better, more. In fact, the word magic comes from the word magi. And the magi were people too who never stopped seeking for God and his miracles of new life. All their magic was empty. But as they kept hoping and seeking for something better, one day they saw a star and then they left their magic to find the miracle of miracles waiting for them in the feeding trough in Bethlehem. And so no matter how many times you have had your hopes crushed and your dreams dashed and your heart broken, my friend, never stop hoping, never stop dreaming, and never stop opening your heart in faith. Only don't put your hope in the things of this world, but in him who is better, in him who will never leave you or forsake you or reject you or fail you or break your heart. Put your hope in the hope of hopes, the miracle of miracles, the light of Bethlehem, in whose glory all magic is only a shadow. Want more? Ask for the magician of Samaria. Now the free gift for you. From the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim to the writings of the rabbis, that Jesus is Messiah, the awesome long-hidden mystery now revealed. The mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. So how do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's it. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join, minister with me together to bring salvation to God's chosen people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of all nations on five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, The Nice Jewish Boy, at Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, and the zip, 07644. That's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend and Messiah, Sar Chaim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two 
of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder, and I am your host, Bob Bierman. I want to start by talking about one of the guests we had on the program earlier this week. Now, I know a lot of you only hear Truth to Ponder on the weekend. There are several radio stations, and I'm very thankful for those stations that can only air the program on Saturday or Sunday, and they air this particular weekend edition. Now, for those that are not able to hear the program on radio, you can hear it online, all the prior programs from our website, which is truth, the number two, ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Had a pretty good response from the Monday program. And I had as my guest a whistleblower from Pfizer. Her name is Melissa McAtee. And there were a few things about her I did not know until after we had aired the program, which I would like to share with you because I think it's rather important. Melissa went to work for a a pharmaceutical company in the Midwest a number of years ago. That company was ultimately bought out by, by Pfizer. And she stayed on even after Pfizer took over. And if you listen to the interview we had on Monday... She talked a little bit about how the first company, it was kind of like working for a a mom-pa shop, a family organization, and everybody felt very close to each other. After a large multinational company like Pfizer comes on board, while the benefits and the pay got a little bit better, some of the regulations and that feeling of camaraderie and friendship declined a bit as it became a more sterile environment. And sometimes in my life, I've been blessed. I've worked for a lot of companies, only a few large ones, mostly small companies. And I rather enjoyed it because there was a freedom, there was a friendship, and there was a purpose. Now, one thing I didn't know about Melissa McAtee when we did the interview was what's been going on in her life prior to her decision not to take the vaccine and expose some things inside of Pfizer how they tried to hide fetal you know, research in terms of aborted fetal research on the vaccines that, that are out there and how they're produced using that technology, which for many people is a non-starter. I'm, we're not going there. I didn't realize until a couple of days ago that for a number of years, Melissa McAtee was an atheist. She didn't believe in God at all. And she worked at this place, lived her life, and a nice, decent person. Many atheists are nice and decent people. Don't get me wrong. They're not all mean. They're not all evil. But she didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ as her Savior. Well, that changed a few years ago. And she became born again. And, and it's a funny thing if, you, if you've never experienced it, If you have, you'll know what I'm talking about. Your eyes are open to a lot of things you never saw before in your own life, your family, your community. You start reprioritizing certain things about your life, and she did. And things like being pro-life became important, which prior to that time were not. She was, you know, as she would say, even atheistic on on abortion, so what? Who cares? That's someone's right to choose. But that changed when she started growing in Christ. 
And then she started seeing things where she worked at that she knew were not right. And she exposed it. And it cost her her job. And I hope to bring her back on the program to talk more about the things she saw and needs to share with you and I about her time working with these vaccines at that plant in the Midwest. It's very illuminating. But her change of heart on so many issues because of her newfound relationship in Jesus Christ is extremely important. And I wish I had known more about that to add that to our conversation. We'll do that hopefully in the next week or two. I'll get her back on the program. And I would like you to pray for her. This is a very difficult time to lose a good job in terms of income and helping the family. For her to lose that job at such a time as this is not easy. But she's made her stand. And there lies the problem for many of us. How many people are willing to make a stand against tyranny, against things that are wrong, against things that are evil, to push back against the lies and the propaganda and the stuff that's being fed to us every day? As I shared in the first half, you know, the entire shipping crisis, you know, the answer from the administration in Washington, D.C. is we just need to rebuild the shipping ports with the infrastructure bill. Well, the ports were working just fine until very recently. What changed? Has nothing to do with the ports as it does with the policies. Policies like the ones put out by Gavin Newsom in California restricting the trucks, also the vaccine mandates. Many drivers will not take the vaccine, and I don't blame them for a number of reasons. I'm not taking it. I have no desire to. Number one, we now know, even though Pfizer tried to keep it a secret, they were using aborted fetal tissue for their research, which I find grossly inept, grossly evil. And I will not participate in Pfizer's evil. Pfizer also owns the news media. You remember I I shared a little audio clip earlier this week. I'm going to share it again. And and this, this explains to me how the FDA could do the phony FDA approval of a Pfizer vaccine you can't get from their partner company in Germany called BioNTech or BioNTech. Yeah, you can't get... Comidity, which is the drug or the vaccine approved by the FDA, it's not available, but people in the United States are getting a Pfizer shot in their arm thinking it's fully FDA approved when it is not. How the FDA could be so despicable, so evil, so underhanded, and so full of lies and get away with it with the blessing of this administration, a phony approval to make people believe what they're getting is an approved vaccine, even though the real trials will go on till 2027. We are the trial if you took the vaccine. You are the experiment. A couple of months of study and then vaccinate your control group is not a real study. It's all fraud. Got a few things I'll add in just a minute, but if you want to know why the media why the media is so enamored by these vaccines, why they think so highly, especially of Pfizer. You can sum it up 
by listening for about a minute or so to this. Good Morning America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. So as you listen to that set of audio clips brought to you by Pfizer, what comes to your mind? What comes to your mind when you hear all of the commercial money spent by Pfizer with CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, all of them, MSNBC, even Fox News, brought to you by Pfizer. Now, if you're in the broadcast business, I got news for you. I spent a number of years in the broadcast business. Your revenue stream comes from your advertisers, especially if you're NBC, CBS, ABC, any of them. And and so they're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. They're not going to cut off a company spending mega millions of dollars in advertising with these broadcast networks and news networks. In other words, Pfizer Pfizer was very smart. Over the years, they have bought and paid for. They have purchased for themselves. They own for themselves the news networks. They have bought the silence on stories that are negative to them, and they have purchased for themselves positive stories for them. Look, a lot of people... When you do the kind of work I do, you always get somebody to send you an email or what have you, even a letter from time to time, saying you're getting into all these weird, wild conspiracy theories, Bob, and you need to get yourself down to earth. Well, listen, what you just heard is not a conspiracy theory. Your ears could hear it any time you put on ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, All day long, full-page ads in the Washington Post or New York Times, it also helps. Pfizer spends a lot of money to maintain their image, to maintain their importance, to buy your allegiance. It's not a conspiracy theory. Look, there are a lot of things out there that people say about these vaccines that may very well be true. I don't talk about them. And there's a reason. It's not that I don't think they could be true. Many of the things that I'm told, I believe, are very potentially true, but I'm careful not to share it here. In the event, I can't prove it. In the event, it turns out not to be fully accurate. Why do I want to give you something that may be true? I try to spend my time on this program digging a little deeper. And so the things that I tell you you can take to the bank, as they used to say. (laughs) 
for whatever a bank may be worth in the future, I don't know. I try to share information that makes sense. And so it doesn't take a conspiracy theory to realize, oh, by the way, and this is not a conspiracy theory either. Look at the budgets for the CDC. Look at the budgets for the FDA. Where does their money come from? It comes from people like Pfizer or companies like Pfizer or Moderna or anybody else that they're regulating. They're paying the freight. wasn't long ago that the CDC decided it was a good idea to vaccinate children 5 to 11 years of age. Why not? Their committee recommended it. Then you find out how many people on that committee that voted to vaccinate children had financial ties or former employment ties to Pfizer. (laughs) A lot of them. And to other similar companies. Of course they want to vaccinate little children. It's more money. It helps their stock portfolio and their retirement funds. It makes more billionaires. And you're paying for it with taxpayer money. That's not a conspiracy. That's just a fact that anybody can find. You don't have to look really hard unless you don't want to look or you don't want to know the truth. It's that simple. Pfizer has bought and paid for the networks. They have bought and paid advertising and publications. They have control and a lot of voice in places like the CDC and the FDA. The agencies that should be regulating them. It's the, uh, it's the tail wagging the dog when it comes to Pfizer and all these other companies. I always felt, this is me, it, it seemed like maybe it was a good idea years ago. There was, a, there was a time that prescription drugs, you couldn't advertise those on radio or TV. You just couldn't do it. Just like lawyers couldn't advertise. It just didn't seem the right thing to do. But see, now they do. And so anytime Pfizer has a new drug, and, and let's go back to one that they had a number of years ago called Shantex. Remember that one? to help people quit smoking. Now we're finding out there may be some issues with it and they've withdrawn it from the market for a while. What about these vaccines? We don't know what the long-term effect's going to be. Oh, there's some encouraging things you might be able to find and the CDC and the FDA and everybody tries to give you these numbers of encouragement of of how less people die because of the vaccine from COVID-19. Well, you know something that might be true, but we also now know that the effectiveness of these vaccines drops off a lot faster than anybody anticipated. In January, the word was... Get your Johnson & Johnson shot, get your two Pfizer's or your two Moderna's, and you're good to go, and you'll be COVID-free, take off your mask, and live free again. Get back to normal. That promise was never fulfilled. It was another lie. I really believe even back then, they knew these things would not do as advertised. And so gradually it started, well, maybe maybe immune compromised people or some elderly people, they might need a, a little booster or something to, to kind of help them along because the vaccine may, may not be strong enough 
The fact is they're fading, and maybe that's a good thing. But we do know something else. Maybe, maybe a few less people died in the hospital, quote, of COVID. And we're not even sure if those numbers are fully accurate because you can look at statistics. And I read a, some really great people that understand this, and they dig deeper into the data, and they go, not so fast. That's not exactly true. You're excluding this group or that group, and so you really don't get an act. You're getting a picture that you want people to see. Manipulation of data is a common thing. The only good news I see, and I pray that it's true, is maybe as these vaccines start to fade over time. See, a lot of people were saying that a lot of people were going to die by now from the vaccine in huge numbers, massive numbers. Well, that has not happened. But a lot of people have. It's kind of suspicious to me that in Europe, for example, a lot of football or soccer players, depending what country you live in, are collapsing, getting very ill, and in many cases even dying or having heart issues. This has never happened before. What do they have in common? They're fully vaccinated. Could the vaccines be causing this? We, we see it being teed up right now. You know, children can have strokes too. I never thought about having a stroke as a child. I never thought about my children having a stroke or my grandkids having a stroke. But now we're being told to expect that your child could possibly have a stroke. Where, where did that come from? Could it have anything to do with these phony vaccines? Honestly, from my point of view, I hope and pray. I hope and pray some of the conspiracy theories that people share with me are not true. I hope and pray that the fact these vaccines are beginning to fail may be a good thing. Maybe the body's expelling the spike protein and no longer manufacturing it. It could be detrimental to your health. And so why does the government want your body to manufacture more spike proteins? See, maybe it lowers COVID risk on this side, but it's raising risk on the other. For children that have no business taking these experimental and dangerous concoctions. Number one, we know two things. These vaccines do not stop the spread of COVID-19, period. They do not stop the spread. A child that is vaccinated could come across the the virus and spread it to somebody else even though they're fully vaccinated though there may be some detrimental things to their health but it makes the teachers happy that they're not going to die from little johnny and little susie not being vaccinated what silliness what evil do you believe in the work we're doing we're running out of time here can you help us out financially to keep us on the air if you can make a check payable to ancient word radio our mailing address 5753 highway 85 north that's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248, Crestview, Florida. That's Crestview, Florida, zip code 32536. That's 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth the number two ponder.com truth to ponder shining the light of truth in a darkening world